This is Steamboat Chatter, a new podcast with your host, Duke. On today's episode, it's Lisa Popovich of Main Street Steamboat. My favorite thing about Steamboat, I mean, there's so many things to love, but the people who live here are my favorite thing about Steamboat. I moved here in 1990. I came here on vacation and just fell in love. I'm from the East Coast. I came out here to ski for a week and it is so different. It's such a different experience to ski in Steamboat rather than skiing at Killington or Okemo and they're great places to ski, but this is just so different. And the Western heritage is really what drew me in. Driving up into North Route and seeing the horses running through the snow and then going on a sleigh ride and snowmobiling in addition to skiing and then meeting all these people that were here in the valley. I was just like, I think I want to be there. Everybody's so welcoming. That's what yeah. I've found. So I always have, I'm from the Midwest and I always have a sports cap on that very uh, clearly identifies where I'm from. I'm from Wisconsin. I, I've lost count of the amount of times that people go, oh, Wisconsin, hey, you know, the other person, this guy down here. And and I think Colorado gets this, Colorado in general gets this bad rep of gatekeeping that mm-hmm. people from Colorado don't want people from other states to be here. But at least in Steamboat, it, it's, it doesn't seem that to be that way. Steamboat no, yeah. is like, come one, come all. Right. You couldn't be, they, that couldn't be more wrong. It's like, we love people to come to our community. We like to show it off. We want to tell you all the great things about it. And then we want to get to know you. I think that's the difference between visiting Steamboat and visiting some other resort towns mm-hmm. in Steamboat. We all really live here. We've lived here for a long time. We've experienced, most people have experienced the other world. You know, it's like I lived here for about seven years before I had to go back because I had to make a living because back in the 90s, there, there was nothing happening from March to July. And and then August to January. So if you didn't plan really well, you, you know, you ate, I ate a lot of potatoes. It's, 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 <laughs> it sounds appealing, you know, those yeah. like, oh, well, you take the season off, but then it's like, well, but then at the, the end of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's great if you are independently wealthy. We used to say the best way to make $5 million or to make a million dollars in Steamboat was to come with five. <laughs> there were just times of the year where you just couldn't make a living. You know, and now that we've filled in those shoulder seasons with things to do, and because we have such a strong community, we have a year-round economy, uh, so going through those shoulder seasons aren't as challenging as they used to be. But I think with that comes some of that, well, I remember when... Like I remember, you know, people say, you know, you didn't used to be this busy. And then I remind them, it's like, I, you know, I'm really happy to not only eat potatoes for right. three months. Right. That's it's truly what it was. It's interesting. I don't know if you're familiar with the website Reddit at all, but there's mm-hmm. a steamboat community and there's every now and then somebody makes a comment or a post about the tourists and how annoying and this, that, and the other. And as a non-native, I'm just like, well, tourists are what makes Steamboat great. They're right. they're a huge part of what brings right. the money here and lets us do all these cool things. Right, exactly. The the visitor is what makes our lifestyle possible because let's face it, a community of 15,000 people 150 miles from a major city would have an Applebee's and a Chili's. And there's nothing wrong with Applebee's or Chili's, but those are the two restaurants we would have here. Right. Instead of 80 world-class restaurants with several James Beard award-winning chefs and wine lists that would rival any New York City restaurant, like the things that we have available to us, things like the tennis center and the bike trail and the ice rink and the even the ski area and the things that we have here 
we wouldn't have in a community this size if it weren't for the visitor. And so always, it's like, I always want to be the first person that says welcome to Steamboat when I meet somebody new, because I'm so grateful that they've come here, that they decided to come here instead of someplace else. They have a choice. Uh, So I'm so thrilled that they want to come here and they want to be with us. But I also think part of the charm of coming here is us. Yeah, absolutely. I think we live in a zoo. It's like we people like to come and like see how we live and understand how we interact with each other they like to see us talking to each other on the street and- it is you, you guys are very friendly first i just want to say everybody that's listening welcome to steamboat chatter this <laughs> is the first episode of steamboat chatter i'm duke by the way i'm here with my first guest lisa popovich of main street steamboat you know some of the events that they do like uh the uh the farmer's, market? farmer's market that's the big one i kept wanting to say market square and that is not what that's <laughs> called you guys are so friendly here in steamboat my wife and I, we we travel. We took the beginning of the pandemic to just be like, let's travel. Everybody else is staying inside. So we traveled the country and we got to meet a lot of people. Nobody is friendlier than people in Steamboat. When people say, hi, how you doing? It seems genuine here. It doesn't just seem right. like small talk. And I, and I love that. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're a little old fashioned. You know, we, we, we live in a bubble. We understand that there's some things that connect us and other things that disconnect us from the rest of the world. And we live in this place that we've all created for ourselves, right? You create your own environment and we believe that you should help your neighbor and you should be nice to him. We also believe in friendly discourse. We argue a lot. There is a lot of passion in Steamboat for our opinions, but we also know that because our town is so small, we all have to get along tomorrow. So we put aside those differences and we all still love each other, which is really, I think, a great example for other places because we often disagree and we are always passionate. But you need to still take care of your neighbor. You can, you know, we all travel with come-alongs and and tow ropes in the back of our trucks because if someone slides off the road and you're on your way to work, you stop and you help them out. Because if it's you, you want somebody to stop for you. Exactly. Like you treat people like you want to be treated. And, you know, when I tell people that that's how it is here, they don't always believe me. You know, it's the place where people still open the door for you or help you carry your groceries or check in on your neighbor to make sure that they're doing okay. And during the pandemic, we all did that. And we still do that. Our lives didn't change that much because we were so connected. We kind of freaked out because we couldn't see each other. Right. You know, it's very interesting moving into this community as a Midwesterner. Are you familiar with the term Midwest nice? Yes. It's very Midwest nice. And I had to get used to talking to people in passing differently here Mm -hmm. because I started being perceived as this really angry, like gruff guy. And I was like, I'm not, I'm really friendly. I don't understand this. (laughs) And, and what I had to learn is that, oh, people here are just genuine. Like back, back in Wisconsin, if somebody asked me a real question instead of what I thought about the weather, Mm -hmm. it would be like an affront. It would be, what are you trying to get over on me? Right. It would be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Where here it's, I just really would like to know what you have to say. Yeah, and it's wonderful. So I'm curious, what are you doing, Lisa, and what is Main Street Steamboat doing to build that community that you're talking about? So that's, you know, that's a big part of our mission. Our mission at Main Street is to preserve, promote, and enhance life in downtown Steamboat. We do that through historic preservation and through events and through promotion, but really... When we create an event like the farmer's market, we put the community first. What does the community need? The purpose of that event is 
multifaceted. So obviously we're, you know, we're concerned with the downtown community. That's a business community and we want to drive business to downtown because if you look around downtown Steamboat, most of the businesses are locally owned. They're mom and pop stores. If they're chains, they're very small chains, four, six, 12 stores. So we want to make sure that we're driving business. So when we created the farmer's market originally was six booths and we created it. Yeah. Oh, and wasn't it down by like the courthouse? courthouse. Yeah. Yeah. And we created it just to bring people downtown. And what year was that? 2006 or seven. Okay. So it's it's been a while. Yeah. And now, as we look at the farmer's market, we're doing lots of different things. We're really helping farmers and producers to, to sell their goods. Yeah. Right. And and when we first started, we had one farmer and now we have many. Over 50% of the booths at the market are food. And most of them come from right here. A lot of our fruit comes from Palisades because, well, we only have a 58 day growing yeah. season. So, you know, you kind of have, have to go someplace else as, if you want to be. As somebody who, when, when I got diagnosed with diabetes, my diet shifted dramatically to fruit. I, like 85, 90% fruit is what my diet is. And moving here has been a challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have a new fruit fruit vendor, but we'll, we can talk about that later, but that's exciting. But that's kind of the point. It's like we have now almost 200 vendors. We have 150 each week, which is crazy for it, a town big, this it size. Is huge. <laughs> so I'm from Madison and the farmer's market every Saturday in the summer that's around the Capitol Square, it is humongous, you know? So when we went to our, the first farmer's market here on the first Saturday that it was, that it opened, my wife and I were like, oh, okay, you know, maybe there'll be 10, 15, whatever. And I was like, oh, we can spend an afternoon here if we want. Right. And it's, and that's, that's the intention is that you can buy all your groceries. You can't get milk or bananas. Yeah. Like those are the two things right. I have to get at the, at the grocery store every week. But you can get bread and sauce and cheese and eggs, chicken, yak. You guys have such an impressive, well, not just you guys, not just the farmer's market, but like each vendor has such an yeah. impressive selection of yeah. meats and, and veggies and different mm-hmm. food. And then also like the non-food vendors, like right. they're incredible too. Mm-hmm. All the artisans and everything yeah, they do. Yeah, lots of artisans and they're carefully curated because we want to have things that are unique, that are handmade that you know that you want to purchase you know we you know the intention of the market you know obviously is to provide an outlet for our producers to be able to sell but also to provide what the people that live here need or the people that are visiting need but then to incubate business so a lot of those small businesses start out at the farmers market and then graduate to brick and mortar right uh so even today you can see you know bjorn honey Started at the market. Right. Adorn started at the market. Laura the Butcher used to be at the market, and now there's Meat Bar downtown. There are so many. I think you're right. Like a lot of people just, they're looking for a place to start. They've got Mm -hmm. an idea or they've got a drive to do something. And they're just like, I know this would work. I can't afford a brick and mortar spot. That and I have to test my product out, right? Like, does this product work or do I need to tweak it? You get a lot of feedback at the market because someone will buy it one week and they're back at the market the next week to buy their vegetables. And then they'll stop and give you some feedback because we are really free with our feedback here. We want to tell you so that you can do better. So you get that feedback. And some people, it takes them a year. Some people, it takes them 10 years. Right. Other people never want to move to that brick and mortar space, but they build a pretty robust online presence. Yeah. So there's lots of different ways to do it. 
So, you know, that aspect of the market is really exciting. But then we have the community aspect, right? When I took over the market, one of the first things I did was to invite city council to come down every week. And when people from other communities walk through, especially elected officials from other communities, they're like, I I would never do this. They're like, this is crazy. I can't believe you guys do this. And really, what a great opportunity for our elected officials to interact with the community. They come back from the market every week with lists of comments that people have given them. And it really gives them a better idea and a stronger finger on the pulse of what's going on and how people are reacting to things. Because again, we sometimes we're siloed, right? We hang out with the same people, we see the same people at meetings. But when you're at the market, people walk through that maybe aren't as involved civically. But they can stop and have an exchange with their elected official. And then that voice makes a difference. That to me is huge. Yeah. And that has expanded into our Western Welcome Center, which is every Saturday we provide space for up to six nonprofits to come down and talk to the community, get their message out, look for volunteers, talk about their mission. And that in itself, again, about 5,000 people walk past your booth every right. week. It's a great way to interact with the community. And it isn't hard for me to do because I already have those people there. I just give them some space. But again, what all of that does when it starts to all interact with food trucks and people eating lunch, and then they are bringing their kids down in a wagon and talking to their neighbors, it creates community. And that community is what we treasure so much. It gives us an opportunity to interact with each other because I don't know if you've noticed yet, like when you go to the grocery store, it's really hard to, for me anyways, it's really hard for me to get out of the grocery store in less than an hour because you walk down every aisle and you see somebody you know and you stop and chat. Well, at the market, you don't mind. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because you know you're going to hang you're out for a while. You're catching up with your buds. Yeah. You yeah. get a coffee or a lemonade or you you grab some ice cream or some barbecue and you're just hanging out and it's it's part of the whole experience. That is very steamboat. We say that a lot at Main Street. Like, what is very steamboat? And that's what is very steamboat is us wanting to connect with each other and chat and talk about the bear that yeah. got in your car or. Um, Absolutely. But and so the market's over, right? It's it's summer only. It's summer only. It's 16 weeks, June to September. Okay. Because, yeah, it gets really cold. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it'll get, you know, usually when we drive on the way into town, we live out in Stagecoach. So on the way into town, as you're going past the Yampa, uh, right where Mike Holleran's homestead is, it's usually... 27, 28 below zero. Really? Like right as you're going past there. And if you go ro- um, but north this, route, is the it's sun like still down? Out. Is that what's going to? Because like, I feel like in the sun, there's no way it's. Once the sun comes up, it's much warmer. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. This, yeah. So the, not, yeah. Not that we need to talk about the weather. Yeah. Um, no, but it's, so the it's market, part of why we live here. Right. Let's face absolutely. it. It's absolutely. just true. <laughs> the market runs through September. Mm-hmm. What else? I know that we've got restaurant week starting yeah. tomorrow. Is yeah. that right? Well, I'm releasing this on Friday. So starting oh, today, awesome. it's restaurant week. Yeah, we just finished up food and wine festival. So restaurant week starts today. Yeah. Uh, and that's you know, a little, it's about 10 days of specials all around town, both for the visitor and the local alike. It's amazing. You know, it's a great time to check out a restaurant that maybe you haven't been able to try before because most of them have special menus. So you can try, you know, a a sampling of items at a, a slightly discounted 
price. Prices from ten dollars to ninety dollars. And honestly, ninety bucks is not that bad for mm-hmm. like a really good. And honestly, that's you know, for meal two people. Here. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's at, at the laundry for two people. Five plates, two people, ninety dollars. Wow. You can. It, it's a great. It's a great way to try out some new restaurants. And then you know the way we are here, we'll try out a restaurant and then we'll tell ten people you know if it was good or not. Yeah. So they all know that. So they it'll it'll be good. You know, I I fall into the problem of being a routine person. I, mm-hmm. I do well with routine. So I don't, here's what I'm trying to say. We tried Carl's the first time we were in Steamboat and we we're like, this is the place. So right. anytime we live out in Clark. So anytime we're in Steamboat, if we're eating, we're eating at Carl's. And I, I'm finally getting to this point where it's like, we got to branch out. We've got to find some other restaurants that... Part of the problem is I'm diabetic, so I'm, I get really strict with it. But I know there are other places here that I can eat at. Absolutely. Well, for restaurant week, Carl's is a great special, though, a 2022 special. So you have, like, choice of app, entree, and then you get a little dessert. So I'll definitely, we will, will definitely go be going to, to Carl's. favorite place. <laughs> but Roots, you know, Roots is primarily plant-based and... They have a great special. And then, um, you know, salt and lime. Yeah. It's Even definitely ch- E3 Chop House has amazing specials this year. That's the one like it was uh, it was my birthday recently. And my wife on my birthday, she was like, do you want to go to E3? Like we've been talking about it like ever since we moved here. And I do. But she's pregnant. And it's like we, we do not need to go spend that kind of money <laughs> when you're going to have a baby in four months. There's right? no way. But like right. restaurant week might be the time for us to branch out and say, what else does this place have to offer? Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. I would recommend checking out our website. It's just MainStreetSteamboat.com because we list all the menus and then it'll link out to the actual restaurant's website so you can make a reservation because this time of year, this um, week, because of the demand, because of restaurant week, it's best to make a reservation. You don't have to. And there are many places that you can still get into. But we have breakfast, lunch and dinner specials and most of them are listed on our website. It is Steamboat and we are on Steamboat time. So that means there are lots of restaurants listed on our website, but there are lots more that will have specials. They just didn't tell me. It's very, and it's really okay. Steamboat time is a very real thing, <laughs> oh, isn't it? Is it is a very I, real thing. Uh, listener, it's very funny. When Lisa walked into her office today, I was here and she goes, am I late? And I said, no, no, no. I am just always early to everything. That's something that I've had to get used to. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have a little bit of anxiety built up over being on time. Oh, me too. Moving here, it's just been like, oh, okay, I can relax just a little bit. Well, a- absolutely. And some of that comes from, you know, we have something called the powder clause. So I'm sure you've heard that. I haven't. Oh. It, it teach me. Oh, the powder clause. Well, you know, you work Oh, your, uh, you can work I guess? Pr- yeah. Okay. I would imagine that the powder clause is somehow related to like your job or like commitments. If there's fresh powder, I'm not going to show up on time. Absolutely. And it really depends on, you know, like, you know, unofficially, there are lots of kids who like growing up had powder clauses with their parents. Like if it snows more than this, I'm I'm not going to, I am not going to school this morning. I'll go in a little late because we've never had a snow day. We don't have snow days. So then do they make up that time or is it just like, hey, it was, you know, oh there was God, powder. Steamboat. We don't, we don't, nobody moved, nobody moved here to uh, make up their time. Right. I guess except me. I feel like I'm always the one I've been since I first moved here. I was the girl you could call to cover your shift. Yeah. If, yeah. Was, if there was powder because I don't do well in the powder. I like, I'm a confirmed groomer and I, cruiser and i like 
that fresh corduroy. Sure. So uh, when it snows more than eight or ten inches, you can call me and I'll cover your shift. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I am I am not a skier. I'm not a winter sports person at all. And it's it's a problem. I know. Well, maybe you know the the thing is is I have neuropathy in my feet. I can't feel my feet, and so like I'm like I don't know that I really want to get on the side of a mountain when walking Mm -hmm. is difficult Mm -hmm. a lot of times. So snowshoeing, (laughs) snowshoeing is fun. Yeah, ice fishing. There's so many things to do in the winter and like you said before it's still really cold like it's it'll be 10 degrees but it feels like you know you're taking off your jacket yeah so you've got restaurant week this week the mm-hmm. next 10 days and then what what else is coming i looked on the website i know there's like a halloween thing but then oh, pretty quickly you, you we're coming into like holidays yeah Well, I will say that Halloween Stroll is probably the biggest local event that happens all year long. It is our time to celebrate ourselves with us. People from out of town will call. They start calling in August to ask me when the Halloween Stroll is. And I always answer Halloween. Halloween. (laughs) Um, And they'll say, but Halloween's on a Tuesday. I guess it's on Monday this year. And it's like, yes, but it's still Halloween. And they're like, well, we would like to participate. And it's like, then you should come on Monday. Um, Because, you know, this is our town. These are our kids. Our kids want to go, you know, go out and show off their costumes. It's important to save some stuff just for you guys. So Halloween Stroll is about seven to 8,000 people in costume. Wow. And costumes that have been planned since the 4th of July. Oh my gosh, my wife, I cannot let her know this. Halloween oh. is her thing, and oh. I told her, and it's not oh. my thing at all. Oh, And I told her, okay. okay, you're pregnant. This is the one year. You plan whatever pregnant Halloween costume. Well, I can't wait to see what you guys <laughs> have on because it is like, it, it's crazy what people do. And and we, you know, often there, there some kids will come down with their horses and their horses are dressed up. Uh, cool. We used to have a fire-breathing dragon that came down. We have a drum circle and and fire dancers and a costume contest. And, you know, if you're really lucky, the old men will be out. They bring their own lawn. They roll out their, their astroturf and put their lawn chairs up. Yeah. And right in the middle of Lincoln Avenue, because we close Lincoln Avenue from 5th to to 10th street mm-hmm. so that it's just all over oh the so place. it's just like it's a everywhere. pedestrian street yeah, at it's that like point. a pedestrian mall yeah yeah and um so the old guys put their their lawn down and like they'll tell you to get off their lawn oh that's but, too funny and they give out pennies it's so funny you know they try to give out financial advice and give you pennies it's so fun i love that um but it's everyone is dressed up there's so much candy but there's also somebody gives out french fries and someone else gives out donuts and someone's giving out pizza like it is it's a big party yeah when's it go from it starts at five and goes to 7 30 okay and the real little little kids kind of trick-or-treat at around four o'clock to the businesses sure and get out of there before right too many people get down there but the road closes at five and i'll tell you this i tell the city every year i'm like i'm filling out the permit just to remind you because if you don't close the road someone else will (laughs) it's just true my first experience with it was just people like picking up tents and running into the middle of the road and i'm like whoa whoa who are you what are you doing and i realized that it's 
kind of out of my control yeah. to some extent. But we do have rules. Like rules are like you have to, you can only hand out candy. Right. <laughs> you can't hand out information. You can't hand out like, you know, no, no political it's stuff. Not time None to, of that. Yeah. It is just for the kids. You hand out stuff that's good for the kids. Sometimes we have people doing gluten-free stuff. Sometimes you never know it, but it's really just a time. The fire department's there. The police department's there. Search and rescue's there. All the cool vehicles are down there so the kids can climb on the fire trucks. And it, it's just a, it's just a fun day. And it really is mostly us. You know, there are some people that come for it but it really is mostly us right and you just see all your neighbors and it's fun and so then after halloween i, I imagine you've got several different kind of holiday christmas eve events uh the evening of black friday we have steamboat's shortest event and that is light up the night and we all we count down from 10 and turn on the lights on the courthouse lawn it's when santa officially arrives at his steamboat residence he has a, stu- a study a study i did see that yeah it's a study on the courthouse lawn he can't afford the whole house <laughs> um but he does have a study and he arrives that day also like we give out lots of uh cookies and and hot cocoa and we have a ping pong ball drop so imagine this it's dark it's six o'clock there's snow on the ground and we drop 200 ping pong balls from the top of the of the hook and ladder <laughs> with little specials on them, but it's dark and they're white and the snow is white. Right. So you have to like scramble around in the snow and get your ping pong balls. And then you bring them to the store that's on there and they give you whatever, oh, cool. whatever it is. Sometimes it's an ice cream. Sometimes it's a cookie, you know, whatever, yeah. but it's fun. And then we count down from 10 and then everybody goes to dinner. <laughs> it's like, it's so quick. <laughs> I love little community right? events like that though. And like it's those we've been little doing it forever. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's those little ones that make you go, Oh yeah, this is unique. And this is yeah. just something that, makes us us yeah it's just what we do and then give me a quick rundown of what else you got going through the end of the year that weekend is pretty busy we have saturday is small business day so it's a chop small is what it's called it's actually a national event but we have participated since like 2011 so we celebrate our small businesses that day then on sunday is museum day for um, people to tour and then Every weekend, Santa is in residence on Saturdays in his study from a, usually from like 11 to 1 or 12 to 2, just depends on the day. There's also some great, there's a craft fair over at the depot that takes place throughout that month. But then we also have one more big local event, and that is December 3rd, and we call it a very Steamboat Holiday Festival. Hmm. Because we couldn't figure out how to make it longer. (laughs) So it's a very Steamboat Holiday Festival. It has no good acronym. And it's just, you know, it's just a day. It's kind of like being at the farmer's market, except I was going to say, is it kind of like that? So, yeah. So Alpine Bank partners with us and we we have some of our vendors from the farmer's market that are you know, very local and have very unique things that will be selling items. But it's really more about you come down, you bring the kids down, they can make cookies or make holiday ornaments. The cattle women usually make a bunch of chili and give it away. And we have mugs that we've collected throughout the whole year so that you can get a mug of, you know, you pick out your mug and then you get your mug of hot cocoa with some marshmallows on it. So you drink your hot cocoa. We grill some corn. We might have some nuts this year. Depends on the weather because it's december 3rd right so it's like well it could be it could be snowing it could be nice out i think this year it was 11 degrees but the snow was out so it was fine i mean the sun was out so it's fine there's just a bunch of activities and it really is again another opportunity to give back to the community and just bring some people downtown yeah 
you know, bef- and we always do it before the flights arrive. Sure. So people like you and I can attend because we won't be working someplace else or too busy. You know, that's why Halloween, I think, is such a big deal because Christmas, I don't know, I work every Christmas. Yeah. I work on Christmas. I work on New Year's, work on Easter, like all those things. Because we're a resort location, we tend to work. So right. our, we try to create holidays that are outside of that time frame so we could all enjoy them you gotta, too. You got to, you know, the little ones, you got to make them special. Yeah, totally. I love that. I love totally. that. Well, Lisa, I, thank you so much for filling me in on what Main Street Steamboat's doing and telling me about Restaurant Week and all of these other events that are coming up. I used to do a, a show that was about storytelling and, and the tagline was building community through storytelling. There's something about telling stories that draws a line of connection between two people or the person telling it and everyone who hears it. There's something really relatable about stories. And I'd love to hear a story story from you about Steamboat, maybe something that was fun that happened. I imagine with you, you've, you've been doing this type of stuff for a while. You've got tons of stories, so we don't need them all and, and no pressure. It doesn't have to be, you know, blow my socks off kind of amazing, but I'd love to hear just a, a Lisa Popovich story about Steamboat. One of my favorite Steamboat things and my favorite Steamboat memories are, are of the people here. And so I, I moved here in 1990, mm-hmm. but I moved away seven years later. And I was gone. I was gone for uh, about 15 years. I had a a career outside of Steamboat, which prepared me to come back and be able to take this job. But everywhere I went, when you go to a party and people say, oh, if you had all the money in the world and price were no object, where would you live? I always said Steamboat. Yeah. And so finally one day I said, well, then why don't I just go back? Like, like, why not just come back? So I thought it would be very hard and And I came back uh, before I moved back. I came back to visit and I think we were here for five minutes. I hadn't physically been in Steamboat for 15 years. And we walked into Carl's, which didn't exist when I lived here before. We were sitting at the bar and not even five minutes went by. And all of a sudden I hear, Lisa Popovich, oh my God, what are you doing here? (laughs) And it's my old roommate from Right. 18 years ago. And she took me around to all of the places that we used to go and like reintroduced me to all of my friends. Mm-hmm. And they were like, gosh, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm like, cause I don't live here anymore. <laughs> um, and they're like, well, when are you coming back? And when I decided to come back, so many people came out of the woodwork to help me get the job that I have now. Like this job, like these kind of jobs don't come available very right. often. That's like a dream for me. Like I get to like organize the chili challenge. Like that was a big selling point for me. I, you know, went through a lot to get this, this position. And I didn't realize until they gave it to me that 22 people from my past, people I hadn't seen in over 15 years called and said, you need to hire this. Oh, girl. that's so amazing. Like I was blown away because I can't imagine being in a city somewhere or even in the career that I had before coming back, having 15 people just offer up. Yes, I know her and you should hire her unless you called them first. These are all people who just of their own accord learned that I was applying and called and said, yes, like she's who we want. And how, again, we talked about how friendly people are. How welcoming is that? Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. Like don't, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of pressure. But at the same time, it was just like, gosh, you know, here's this place where we believe in each other. Yeah. We care about each other. Yeah. We're so fortunate. And every day I wake up and look outside and say, I'm like among the luckiest people in the world. 
because here we are. We we make a joke. We always say, oh, yeah, we're living the dream. We are. You are. I, we are. <laughs> we yes. We say it in a flip way, but truly in our hearts, I think we all know that we really are living the dream. I, I feel bad every time somebody from back home texts me and says, hey, how are things going? What's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I mean, do you want to be depressed? Because yeah, it's amazing great. here. Like, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. It's it's incredible. What do you what do you think I'm going to say? Right. And if you don't feel that way, you just shouldn't. Yeah. Well, I loved hearing that story, Lisa. You know, the whole point of this show is I've spent five, six months here already, and I've learned so much about this place. And there is so much about it that is amazing. And there's so much to do. And there's so many people to meet. And six months just hasn't afforded me enough time to do that. And so the whole point of this show is to meet people and to let other people know, hey, there's these like little hidden secret things about Steamboat that you don't know about. And that's the type of stuff that I'm talking about. Those 15 to 20 people who made calls on your behalf without your knowledge, without your pressure. Those are the little secrets of Steamboat that I want to uncover. Thank you so much for telling that story. Thank you for coming on. Tell people where they can find Main Street Steamboat, the website. Do you have an Instagram? Uh, MainStreetSteamboat.com. And we do have a Facebook. Just at Main Street Steamboat. And, you know, we're all over. All you have to do is come downtown. Cool. And listeners, if you check the show notes, I'll have links to wherever you can find Main Street Steamboat online. Just click those links and it'll take you straight to it. Lisa, again, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for being so welcoming. My pleasure. Steamboat Chatter is a production of Mortarbox Media. It's produced, engineered, and edited by Adam Rosted. To learn how we can help you start your own podcast, reach out to us on our Instagram, the links in the show notes here.